get started. Mike, I am drinking out of the big Mavericks coffee mug that I have, but I don't need coffee because I don't need any caffeine. I am high on Mavs news, and I think so are you. What happened tonight that will lead into tomorrow, and what are you most excited about? Well, what Nico Harrison did is he went down to Whataburger, and he did not get the medium sized <laughs> drink. He didn't get the large. He what a sized it. That's what? the kind of <laughs> high that we are drinking. We what a sized <laughs> for the, all I, the Texans that we what a sized. I had no idea where you were going there. <laughs> it's like he actually made moves, Mike. We we can talk about the moves. We don't have <laughs> no. to. We don't have to like roundabout. We talk about Whataburger. I ended uh, the pod as soon as it started. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, man the the Grant Williams trade. I th- I think we were all expecting something to happen with Grant Williams in Dallas. It I felt like people were recruiting for Nico on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, it, me included. It's Micah Parsons know, as well. <laughs> yeah, Micah Parsons at the all white party um, this past weekend. And acquiring Grant Williams for four years, $53 million on his next contract is an insane value, especially when you figure they signed Dorian Finney-Smith two seasons ago to that four-year, $55 million extension uh, right after the 2022 trade deadline. Uh, For a player like Grant that can defend the three and the four, possibly even play some small ball five if you have Luca out there as well in some scenarios he's exactly what they needed he's not an all-star but he's that high level role player that Dallas did not want to pay the money to do instead of bargain bin shopping in the past and they finally got it right this time and it seems like he was their guy from the beginning and they got him is there any part of you that worries about losing Reggie Bullock The, the the main part I would worry about losing him is more for personal feelings because yeah. I, I think we talked about it on the last pod that came out earlier today was that Dallas just really used Reggie's last, I think, young legs in that 22-22 yeah. playoff run to where we saw it last year, which they you know they were overextending him, asking him to play the four instead of playing the natural two-three position. Um, but I, I, I don't think they will miss him on the court much at all because I, I think Grant Williams is an upgrade in almost every facet of the game compared to Reggie Bullock. Maybe not as much veteran presence, but one could arguably say that Grant Williams has more playoff success than Reggie Bullock at this point in both of their careers. And Grant is eight years younger. Um, that's a, that's a debatable topic, but I don't think they're going to miss Reggie too much. What do yeah. you think? Uh, no, I, I mean, miss the veterans, uh, stance for sure. We'll, we'll miss that part of him. Uh, but on the court, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Grant Williams shoot better from three last year or 40%. Yeah. So, I mean, he's not as, uh, he's not as three as he is D if you get what yeah. I mean. Yeah. But he is. He is a three and D player. He can be, he can be, uh, I mean, he's shown where he can guard the best player on the opposing team. He guarded Luca. 
I mean, he complained about guarding Luca because he said it was hard, but he still did it, and he did okay. You know, he burned him. A, he, I mean, Luca, Lucas, but yeah, I do like seeing him on this team. The biggest part of that I like about this, though, is the fact that this never happens for the Mavericks. No, never. that is that's one of those players that that Mavs fans consistently talk about on Twitter and other social media platforms. And they like, you know, talk about rumors and, and it just never comes to fruition. Not like this. They, the Mavericks never get their guy in free agency. It's you. I mean, technically this did come in a trade since it was a sign in trade from Boston, but it's basically a signing in my eyes, because if, if Dallas had the exact space, um, and didn't have to worry about Boston possibly matching the full MLE, which they were never going to because of the tax implications. Uh, it, it's it's something that just doesn't happen. They never get their guy. They get the guy, like we said, always three or four years past their prime. And they're getting a young, vertical, um, flexible wing that's just entering into his prime. Yeah, And I... I He's not PJ Washington and Charlotte, and a lot of people wanted PJ over Grant. I thought PJ was a long shot, but Grant, it, we talked about in the last pod, who was their best free agency signing and their entire history? And we included signing trades. And this is probably their best free agency signing since over a decade. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it's it's crazy to say, but it is. And I I also want to talk about the fact that you're seeing the tides turn in whether or not players want to be here. There is a a history of, you know, I love Dirk, but during the time he was here, he's not a recruiter. No. You know, he just let the front office do what the front office is going to do for the majority of his career. Every now and then he would ask for, you know, some help or, you know, get me, try to get me this guy or something like that but was not one of those players that was going to go, you know, go recruit people. Um, his entire career, he just wasn't like that. And Luca, for the most part, to this point in his career, has not been that either, I don't think. Uh, maybe because he just isn't comfortable with that part of being the superstar. Um, but once you get Kyrie Irving here, and part of that kind of rubs off on him, you can see that there are players out there that want to be in Dallas. I mean, um, before he signed, uh, oh, now I'm going to forget his name. Seth Curry. Well, no, Seth Curry wanted to come back, but I'm talking about the guy that ended up staying with uh, Chicago. That wanted Drummond. Oh, Andre Drummond. Andre. Not Drummond, not yeah. a player. Not a player that I necessarily want. But he wanted to be in Dallas. He just wanted to make sure that he had a spot here. And that's why he ends up staying in Chicago. But, you know, that's one of the first signs of like, uh, you know, a a turning of the tides, like I said, where people like people actually want to be here. So where an actual recruiting effort is actually possibly happening, which, you know, Luke is reported that Luca texted Kyrie before the re-signing was like, hey. You know, we we really need you here. I need you on this team for us to be successful. That's, I mean, it, it's low level recruiting, but that is recruiting by Luca. That's that's an effort. 
but I think also to that uh, <laughs> to that degree, he is because he's not the guy that does the "Hey, come over to my house," "Hey, let's go on vacation yeah. together" kind of guy. To get a text from Luca saying like, "Hey, I need help," that's a big deal. Yeah, that's that's, a, that's it, big. It pro- yeah, it 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 more than likely is a huge deal, and then you know it it remains to be seen why Grant Williams shows Dallas over everywhere else. He wears the Luca shoes on the court. He shares the same agent as Luca with Bill Duffy. Um, it, you would think there's some obvious connections there, but it's you know it's rumored that him and Luca are good friends off the court, which I would not doubt that at all. And uh, I think Grant also played with Kyrie in Boston, and I think they had a decent relationship as well. So you uh, have yeah, Luca sent him a jersey last year, like a signed jersey at some point last year. So they do have an off. Well, that sealed the deal. Yeah, I mean, if Luca gave tampering. me a signed don't, jersey, don't say it out loud. Tampering? <laughs> no, no, it's tampering. No. Yeah, it's it's. I think you know, Nico talked about a roster overhaul going into the off season, and we've seen it now where they've they've had six new players come in with the rookies, with free agency signings, and now trades remains to be seen with you know who else goes in and goes out. But if you and your top 12, 13 players change out half of them in one offseason, you can't really ask for more overhaul than that uh, at, at any point. So I, they've accomplished it, and they didn't do it just to do it. They did it, and they've made the team deeper and more balanced in the process. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of deeper, we also need to talk about the potential signing of Matisse Thibault. Uh, it's said that he's going to sign the Mavericks offer, which is uh, let me know what the numbers are there. Uh, three years, thirty-three million. Okay, so he's has the intention of this morning when this podcast releases signing uh, signing this offer from the Mavericks. The problem I see is I don't see one reason why Portland wouldn't wouldn't match it. Do you? They, whether they trade Damian Lillard or not, I think they it would be crazy for them not to because even though Tybal has some glaring weaknesses in his offensive game and his defensive game is not as versatile as kind of the, the mainstream idea of him is, for a young wing who's not even in his prime yet to only be getting paid 10 to $11 million per year over three years, that's going to look like nothing immediately after he signs it. So I, as much as I would love for him to come to Dallas and be a part of the barrage of wings that they are trying to put together this off season, I would be surprised if, if Portland did not match. Yeah. I think, I think that at this point I would not know what they're doing up there. If they didn't yeah. match that kind of deal, because that's a pretty good deal for for his uh, level of player at this point. And like you said, he just now like in the prime, this is what it's going to be. He might get a little bit better at shooting, I think. Um, and he was better in Portland than he was for the Sixers at shooting. I don't know. Yeah, it was why it was like it was like it was necessary. Thir- <laughs> it was high thirties on like four attempts a game, and you know part it you know he didn't play the full time with Damian Lillard because you know Dame sat out like the last seven eight nine games of the season. 
Um, but you know, he did have a little bit of time with with probably a better offense suited to go with his games comparative to the 76ers. But it, you know, it it could be seen as a flash in the pan. But theoretically, if he were on the Dallas Mavericks as a backup to Josh Green, basically, as the roster is currently constructed. Whenever he plays with Luca and or Kyrie on the court at the same time, he will never have more wide open shots in his entire life. Even if he's in an open gym by himself, he, he would <laughs> he would get those corner threes that we saw Dorian take yeah. and Reggie take and Maxi take for hundreds of them in the past few years. And for someone who's shown that you know at a relatively low clip of four attempts per game, at high thirty percent. Uh, rate execution i could see that getting better and if you know if he can't hit wide open threes that's an issue but he does make up for it on the defensive end i think if they were able to add him it would turn this a off season into an a plus off season and that's without even wondering what they're going to do with their barrage of centers that they currently have where they're still looking for an upgrade yeah i i They've they have a lot of options right now still, and they've made the team already tremendously better. This is this is the this is the best off season I've seen from the Mavericks in a long time. I can't and... remember another one when you combine drafting, trading, and free agency. That's every been step better. of the way. Yeah, every it, step of the way they drafted yeah. good players. They also executed the plan that they said they were going to do at the beginning of this when we're sitting in the press room and we're asking nico like what do you what what are the goals for this offseason and he talks about the fact that you know if you watched the mavericks last year you know what they need they need defense and then he proceeded to draft two players in the first round trade for one of them that that are very good defensive players then goes out and signs a guy from overseas that's known for playing defense then he goes out and says well we do need to like you know get some offense in here let's get some guys that can make threes because we're known for having wide open threes and people that can't hit them let's go get seth curry again let's talk him back into coming back to this place that keeps trading him all the damn time (laughs) Then it finds a way to get Grant Williams in for another defensive player. I'm like baffled at the fact that Nico is doing what he's doing because for decade plus, you always hear about the players that the Mavericks want, but they don't get them. It's they always have a plan, but they don't execute to for them for them to lay out a plan, visualize the plan and make it work even better than we would have originally thought. It's it it seems like it should be the standard for NBA GMs. The thing is, if it was and everyone met it, then nobody would ever lose their job as a general manager. Yeah. So, for, you, so for what? <laughs> so for, sorry, did you notice that I went over all of the moves for the off season and listed off all these things that, in my mind, would make it an A off season, and didn't even mention the fact that they re-signed Kyrie Irving. Or Dwight Powell, or or, yeah, or Dwight Powell, yeah. What? Don't forget Dwight. Uh, um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's crazy, crazy to me, right? It's if you you know you take things one by one, each transaction, each move. 
it's hard to give any of them less than like a B plus grade. Yeah. And then you put it all together. It's at the very least an A and that's without, that's even if they ran everything back right now with Tim Hardaway Jr., JaVale McGee and Rashawn Holmes all on the roster, it would be kind of a cluster at some positions, but you could see a vision to where they could improve through trades at the trade deadline or somewhere throughout the season as well. Overall, I, in my lifetime following them and knowing the transactional business in the NBA, I've never seen a better offseason from Dallas. And it's it's baffling to watch because in the social media age, you have instant reactions over every single little thing that happens for yeah. every single team in the NBA. So you are there. It's not like, you know, reading a chapter in a book. And then you fast forward to the next chapter and it's like two months down the line in the character's life. It's like every single time you scroll through the timeline, it's only 30 seconds later in the time span of this. And Nico has made us be patient. Some of us more, some of us less than others, but it's paid off it's with many, many dividends. I, I do like the curve of reaction from some people I follow on the <laughs> internet where they're, they're like, He's done. Nico can't yeah. do it. They signed Irving. It's over. That's all. Like it's gonna be the same team. And then, all right, maybe he's doing something. And then, oh my god, can't believe that happened. Like it's it is funny to to see the the reaction from fans that are annually uh, upset by what happens in the off season. Like they're just they were just ready to be angry about it. That's what it felt like. And it's, you know, sometimes it's okay to be angry as a fan because they've definitely given us reasons as fans over the years to not trust them. Yeah, for sure. But we we talked about it early on in the offseason after the season ended, and we both just felt just oddly optimistic about what was going to happen. And it, I've, I really oddly enough for myself, after the Kyrie trade and, it was whenever they started losing some games and it was very clear to me that they were not going to be a contender. And I was like, who knows what's going to happen the rest of the season. I'm not going to be too negative about it. They're going to be bad. Let's be optimistic. They have a lot of avenues to get better with limited resources. Let's see what Nico can do in worst case scenario. It blows up, it fails and they have a new regime the next off season. Um, that being said, my wildest dreams of what they realistically could pull off. They've already exceeded that. And it's, it is like I've said, it's, it's repeating myself at this point, very repetitive, but it is astounding to see them with this level of competency because they've now I'll go over the full details of the trade. That's a gig Grant Williams here. So it was a three team trade with Boston, San Antonio and Dallas uh, San Antonio received Reggie Bullock from Dallas and a 2030 first round pick swap from Dallas. Uh, Boston receives two second round picks and a $6.2 million traded player exception because they did not receive any salary back when they sent out Grant Williams in a sign and trade for four years, $53 million over to Dallas. Dallas also, according to Woj from ESPN on Twitter, so that Dallas also received two second round picks in the trade, which it hasn't been detailed where all these second round picks are coming from. You would imagine if there's two going to Boston 
and two going to Dallas that all four would be coming from San Antonio, but it might be a blend where, you know, three of the four are coming from San Antonio and one's coming from Boston and like a less favorable, more favorable scenario. Mm-hmm. All that being said, we never see Dallas acquire the better player and picks and a trade. Yeah. And and I honestly, I feel like that doesn't really ever happen in many NBA trades. So the way that Dallas handled this trade and the Sacramento trade to go draft Omax at number 24 in the draft, they've won the two trades that they've made. And honestly, I guess they've made three with trading back from 10 to 12 to draft Derek Lively and to dump Bertons' contract on OKC on the first trade on draft night. I would say they won all three trades and each of those three trades I, I don't even think they were close in value between. I think if uh, Kevin Pelton from ESPN does a lot of draft or uh, trade grades, I would give Dallas an A in all of those and the other teams C's, C pluses at best. And I don't know, man. David, Davis Bertans is going to – you just watch. Well, Bill Simmons said he's the next Mike Muscala. So, um, <laughs> oh, oh, Billy Boy over there. Um, uh, Bill doesn't do his math on the, some of the stuff he does. He doesn't show his work, no. so I don't he's, know. He's already uh, talking himself into Chris Saps Porzingis, and I'm sure right now he's talking himself into thinking Grant Williams is he's the worst club, is he's the worst schlub. player. Yeah, he's going to be out of the league in three years. I, I tell you that. Yeah. Um. So it, one last thing before we go: if there, if Tybal ends up having to stay in Portland. Is there any other option for the Mavericks after that for that MLE? I was looking at the I was looking at who is available and the two best names in terms of just names are Christian Wood and Kelly Oubre. And we know Christian Wood's not coming back. And Maybe. I it's it's who you know what? We? we didn't we didn't think Seth Curry was coming back to, to Dallas for a third time. Uh, it's, it, Maybe he's I tired get, of I, moving his boxes, man. <laughs> he's like, you know what? I need to buy some very yeah. overpriced real estate in the DFW area uh, <laughs> for for less money than what Dallas was offering me three months ago. Uh, but I don't see a player that I would want to even offer half of the MLA for out there, so they could do you know break it up by two or three players and get some more depth. But I would personally like them to see maybe sign one player with a partial MLE, four or five million, and then do some different trades to bring back more salary. The trade that was rumored on draft night was the DeAndre Ayton for Rashawn Holmes and Tim Hardaway Jr. swap, where Dallas would be gaining like two million in salary on the books. If Tybal does not sign the MLE with Dallas, or if Portland doesn't match the MLE, um, the Tybal signing with Dallas, I would like to see them do a trade like that to get their center to where it stinks that they're not able to use their full MLE, but they are getting a better player like Aiden in return to kind of get rid of some of the guard and center depth that's kind of muddying the waters right now. If something like that happened, I think that I would explode. My brain it's, would just explode. It, That's a nut. That, it feels unrealistic to me to also, on top of this good off season that they've had, to turn THJ and his contract and you know something else into Aiton. That would just be nuts. It would be insane. The other, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to put it past Nico at this point because he seems to just continue to amaze us 
you know, time after time after again this offseason. Another one could be trading Tim and Josh Green and a first-round pick for Jared Allen from the Cavs or doing a Tim and McGee or Tim and Josh or some kind of combo of players to get Capella from Atlanta. They have options for, mm-hmm. for some centers out there. And so I, if I had to put my money on the Dallas starting center to start the year, I would say it's either going to be Aiton, Capella, or Allen. I just think one of those three, they've all three been rumored to some extent to be on the trade market, different values, different priorities for each team. One thing that means constant is that Dallas needs a center. And if they're going to get somebody who is in that you know twenty to thirty million dollar range, that is easy for Dallas to match salary wise with some guys that they want to ship out. I think that it, unless there's a surprise Miles Turner availability, which I've never heard of anytime lately, and I don't think would happen. Yeah, I haven't heard anything. I, from I, th- him. I think one of those three guys ends up on Dallas. All right. Well, we'll end you heard it here, here first with with rainbows and sparkles we're just hoping for the best ending possible um we're walking on sunshine yeah walking on sunshine for the rest of the week until something happens <laughs> but this is amazing off season so far i'm pumped to cover the mavs this year uh we deserve it after the last 12 months <laughs> for sure i also you know want to announce you that you're going to be a full-time co-host with me you're staying here yeah, I'm Nobody saying the uh, we negotiated my contract. Um, we did a Grant Williams sign and trade. I signed and traded from being <laughs> not on a team to being on this team. Not sure how that works. So uh, cost a lot to... of money. Cost a <laughs> lot of money. I'll tell you that. Arm and a leg. Arm and a leg. Maybe a couple right. of toes. Let's go.